Horn live stream pregame show. Uh, myself, Jerry Hamilton. Look at that view, Jerry Hamilton. I'm jealous. Uh, you're not only indoors, but you also got the you got the the game or the uh, stadium in the background there. You're doing your best, Jim Cantori. Let's start people off, Jerry, by talking about the weather because that's going to be a story today. Uh, apparently, a cold front moved through with a lot of rain. It was it's a strong cell moving through right now. I was down walking Bevo Boulevard about an hour ago. Uh, started looking at the radar. I said, okay, I don't have the batting helmet and I'm not working with the weather channel like Jim Cantori, so I better get my butt inside. Um, lucky, lucky uh, that I, I grabbed a pretty good seat with a good view here. Uh, but it was, I mean, it was sideways rain for about 15 minutes. I think this the main cell's moving through now. I think we're going to have some spotty off and on rain here for the next three hours. I, looking at radar and stuff, I, I think it's going to completely clear out around four is my guess. And they backed up Bevo Boulevard festivities started from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. So that's what the weather's indicating. Things will start to clear about three. I think it's going to be great weather for the game, though. All right. Uh, talking with Jerry Hampton of Inside Texas and on uh, on Texas football. Uh, Jerry, we talked a lot yesterday about the, the Wyoming Cowboys coming to town. We've talked about them a little bit all week. Uh, but uh, the the Cowboys have Andrew Peasley at quarterback. They have a veteran defense. Uh, is that going to stop the Horns uh, from a stampede this weekend? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Uh, I'm interested to see if, if, if how much Peasley plays today, Bobby. I, I really am. I, I, you know, look, it's, they've already beat Texas Tech. They have a marquee win this season. Uh, they have Mountain West goals in front of them. They have App State next week. They need Peasley healthy, and they took him out in the fourth quarter against Portland State. They were up 21, but he's he's had an injury history. I'm very interested to see how much they play him, and if they do, how much that run quarterback run game is actually part of the game plan. I think it's going to be significantly less than Texas Tech if he plays. I think I like Texas big. Uh, got some halftime scores here uh, to try to pass along. Uh, LSU is getting ready to be at half. 24 to 7 over Mississippi State. Uh, the post Mike Leach era does not look to be going well in Starkville. Jalen Daniels is passing all over him. Uh, Missouri with a halftime lead in Columbia over K State, 17 14. Uh, Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis uh, goes out uh, with an injury. Uh, not sure if it's going to be uh, something that's going to keep him out the second half yet or not. They took went ahead and took him uh, to the uh, uh, to the uh, uh, Locker room. Locker room, sorry. Uh, it is currently 17-10 over Boston College in Chestnut Hill, uh, Massachusetts. Uh, elsewhere around the Big 12, some early Big 12 games, there's only three right now. And, boy, I tell you one that's just uh, stunning to me. Uh, Baylor, 16. Long Island University, 7. At half. That's not good. That is not good for the Baylor Bears, who have the Texas Longhorns next week. Uh, yeah. Baylor didn't score its first uh, points until three minutes to go in the first quarter. Uh, the Bears are, are not looking good right now on offense. Uh, we'll see if uh, the, the return of Blake Shapin perhaps next week for conference play changes that uh, for Baylor. Uh, Mizzou, I mentioned, is up on Kansas State at halftime. And then listen to this halftime score, Jerry. In the Big 12, Iowa State travels to Ohio. That's uh -oh. in Athens, Ohio. Halftime score, 0 to zero. I mean, I, I, nothing with Iowa State surprises me because they've just lost too many key players through the the gambling stuff going on. Nothing surprised me with them. I think it's going to be a real offensive struggle this year. 
for Iowa State. And what was one of those trap games, tough road games for Texas? I, I, I mean, if you can't score on Ohio, you're not scoring on Texas. I don't I, care if it's a road game or not. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, uh, just a reminder for those uh, joining along just now, uh, we're going to be uh, live during the game. We have a watch along, uh, watch with us, we call it, with Aaron Hogan leading the way. Uh, myself, uh, Rod Babers, Ian Boyd will all be joining too. Uh, and then we had the post game show, myself and Rod Babers uh, manning it tonight. Uh, excited about that. So make Jumping sure you as well at some point. Yep. Okay. Thanks, Jerry. I, I would love that if you do. Uh, that's going to be sponsored by Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. Uh, guys, uh, or Jerry in particular, uh, give people a summation of what the latest weather is there because you mentioned that cell moving through. When I talked to you this morning, you said it was as muggy as you've seen Austin oh. and Austin in forever. But that front move through, now what, what's it like up there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's actually going to be a great game time weather. It's like 77, 78 degrees, overcast. I mean, it's a great night for football, I think, is what's going to happen. Uh, and we're running a little late doing this live stream because I was I wanted to do it outside, but I literally couldn't find a place when it's raining sideways to do it outside. So uh, for those on the comment section, sorry about that. Um uh, that we're running a little late, but yeah, it was sideways rain for a while. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what though, Bobby, I went to co-op when I first got here, uh, was going to get my son uh, some new gear, 25, 30 minute wait in line. Oh, just for the gear. Never seen it like that in co-op. I, they're going to be near record sales this week. And I'm guessing that was at 1040 this morning, packed shoulder to shoulder walking around co-op. There is an atmosphere here that's going to be, I think it's going to be electric tonight for the game. I really do. I think this rain's going to move through. Uh, Bevo Boulevard will start kicking off about three. Um, so, uh, by the way, Dodgers 988 fan, which recruits have made their way. They're all in transit right now. A lot of kids are getting here from 12 to 2 p.m. Um, so those guys will all be getting in. I mean, I, I don't have the second to second update on when these guys get here, but they all get here around uh, between, you know, noon, 2, 2.30 or 3 uh, most of the time for these guys. Anything new on Baxter Blackwell game time decisions? I mean, I think Bobby, we'd probably be surprised if we saw Baxter. I can't. I we'll see on Blackwell. I think we'll be surprised on both. Yeah, that, that's. I, I don't think Blackwell is going to be back until Baylor. Uh, Baxter, I, I think, is truly a game time decision. Although I think Steve Sarkeesian, if there's even a scintilla of doubt, will lean towards being uh, cautious with yeah. young freshmen out of Orlando. Hey, Jerry, big week, uh, big night in. Uh, uh, high school football, of course, last night. I uh, wanted to mention this. Rayshon Thomas uh, mentioning Christian Clark, 202 yards and two TDs in his first game back from injury. I saw that. Uh, I have yet to see the highlights of that game, uh, though, fellas. And I tell you what, uh, if he's returned in, in two form, I'm not sure there's a better running back in the country than Christian Clark. Uh, I'll try to check on highlights from there. Uh, Jerry, also news out in recruiting. Solomon Williams, you connected with him yesterday evening. Yeah. And he's not going to make it in the defensive end out of Tampa. And it's because of a family emergency. Yeah. got, got uh, his, He texted me, said his grandfather was admitted to the hospital. Um, so obviously him and his mom are not going to get on a plane and come to Austin in that scenario. Um, so he said he'll reschedule it. So it'll likely be, uh, I would think, September 30th, the Kansas game. That's when there's a big official visit weekend for Texas in the 24 class. Anyways, they're still working on getting DeAndre Carter on campus, the Auburn commit from modern day that weekend. Uh, and there's going to be a couple others. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's already been a couple people make their way to Austin, including one last night. Uh, Jerry, a young man named Ryan Wingo, oh, the yeah. receiver, five-star 
blue chip guy out of uh, St. Louis University uh, on campus, uh, and things seem to be trending way up for him right now. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that if you talk to myself, uh, Justin Wells, Chad Simmons on three national, uh, everybody's kind of hearing the same stuff. And uh, he was with, uh, he got in yesterday, I think, with uh, his brother, who obviously the former running back at Arkansas. And uh, it, apparently he was at the team walkthrough practice. Friday afternoon, which is a very good sign. It's the off week this week for St. Louis University High. So that's a great sign that he actually took maybe part in some team activities and was around those guys more than, uh, you know, originally expected. Gotcha. Um, I am speaking with Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas and On Texas Football, as well as On Three Sports. I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, Jerry, uh, we talked with Rod Babers yesterday. And one of the things I found interesting as we look at the scene behind you, that's DKR. Uh, in the background, uh, obviously, uh, we talked to Rod yesterday. He had a little something interesting to say about the weather. Um, I always thought that the offense kind of had the preference in bad weather. Uh, and the reason or the offense had the preference in bad weather because they knew where they were going. They didn't have to stop and cut. They knew where they were going. Rod, from, from his standpoint, felt like DBs actually had more of an advantage because the ball gets heavier and waterlogged. Harder to catch the ball, harder to throw it hard yeah. in the rain, uh, that sort of stuff. So, you know, we could be looking at a defensive battle of sorts uh, tonight because Wyoming, you know, you can say what you want, but they do have a good defense. Uh, and Texas, you know, is still learning to be itself on offense, even coming off a fantastic game from uh, Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian last week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think it's an interesting point, Rod brought up. I think from an offensive standpoint, the offense has um, an advantage receivers running routes, right? They know where they're going. It gets a little slippery for DBs, but then the rods point when that ball's in the air, if it takes that split second longer to get there, if there's a wet ball, um, that's the advantage DBs, linebackers. I think the other thing is, I, I think the main thing tonight for me uh, beyond the weather um, is I just want the Texas offensive line to come out very physical. Uh, that's the number one thing I'm looking for tonight. Whether good, whether bad, I don't really care. Um, and it's going to be fine by kickoff. I want this offensive line to come out and by far be the most physical unit on the field. If that happens, that's a great sign for Texas. And I think that I actually do think that will happen. I think this Texas offensive line is going to come out with a purpose um, and, and really come at, come at a experienced defensive line from Wyoming, Bobby. I'm looking at, at, at Wyoming. You're talking about their their uh, defensive line, and they do have a, a, a experienced defensive line. But they're led in tackles uh, by two linebackers, Shea Suanoa, yeah. uh, had 16 tackles through two games. Easton Gibbs has 14. They are the guys that are around the football for them, so they yeah. clean up what the uh, defensive line kind of messes up for them, I think is the, the way to put it. Uh, they also have a ball control offense. We mentioned Andrew Peasley. Um, uh, he's got two. Run he's got one running back that's gone for over 100 yards this year. So no, no big stat monsters that yeah. they have. They don't. They don't have that. <clears throat> I would add this though. Their leading receiver is John Michael Gillenborg, who has seven catches. Who is their tight end? Yeah. And so uh, this goes back to what Paul Wellington said uh, earlier this morning a little bit uh, in that. He sees Wyoming playing a ball control game or attempting to. Yes. Uh, that means getting into third and fourth and or third and three, third and four, trying to play the chains and, and then using Andrew Peasley's legs and or the bootleg pass 
uh, or some sort of play action to catch Texas sleeping a little bit and keep the ball out of Quinn Ewers and that explosive offense's hands of the Longhorns. That seems to be their M.O. The question I have is whether or not that defensive front of Wyoming can actually uh, can actually do some damage against the Texas offensive line, to your point. And then what about their secondary? That's the key. Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, Jordan Whittington, J.T. Sanders, good luck. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned going into the season, Jerry, they were the elite group, we thought, of the team with possibly the defensive line. The other one, boy, that I think we were – I don't know if prophetic is the right word, but through two games, we're right. <laughs> That's, let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah, you know, and I, I agree with that. Look, I think uh, Wyoming will try to condense this game as much as possible. Um, I, I think that one of the keys for me is, look, if the Texas offensive line plays well, I think Wyoming is secondary is their weakness. Um, so I, Wyoming's going to do everything they can to condense this game. And to do that, they have to win up front enough. Uh, they, have to get sec- they have to get Texas behind the chains effectively, um, I, I think. And uh, they have to, my, Wyoming's going to have to run the ball well on first down. Uh, and I just don't. If their limits, if their playbooks limited in the quarterback run game, Bobby, I'm really interested if how they're going to move the ball. When I saw them move the ball successfully against Tech, it was a lot of two tight end sets. They almost the tight ends are their best threats because they don't have that downfield speed at wide receiver. Right, they're not coming in and out of breaks against Texas, creating uh, creating separation. Right, so they've got to uh, they've got to use those tight ends uh, off the off the RPO off the quarterback run game stuff, a little pass run option for quarterback Peasley. Um, so I, I just think it's going to be tough sledding uh, tonight for Wyoming because I, I'm going to reiterate um, is uh, I think this crowd is going to give an adrenaline rush to the Texas players. So anybody worried about a letdown, I just don't see it happening. Hey, Jerry, you mentioned that when it, when you, you had said yesterday, when the team is getting off the bus, going through Bevo Boulevard, et cetera, when is that scheduled for? 445. Bevo Boulevard, north into Bevo Boulevard, 445. Team gets off the bus. Um, I think it's going to be raucous when those guys get off the bus. Um, I was talking to somebody at University of Texas earlier today about that, and I, I just think it's going to be different than these kids have seen before. And I think when this team runs out from under the tunnel, I think it's going to be a different uh, decimal level than than this team's heard before. Um, I think it's going to resemble – was it LSU 19, Notre Dame uh, overtime? I think it's going to be that loud for this team tonight. I really do. They deserve it. And the Texas fans have uh, been waiting a long time to, uh, to bring this type of energy. Now, they brought it against Bama last year. But this is a win over Bama. It's different. It's different. And I could feel it walking around, Bob, even the co-op. I mean, it was shoulder-to-shoulder packed. The atmosphere was off the charts at 1045 this morning. And not a good weather day. No. You know, just to be clear, we see the looming clouds behind you. Your shading is going in and out because yeah. the clouds are going over and back from the uh, from the uh, sun and keeping it away. Um, hey, uh, I, one thing I do want to mention, uh, we're part of a tailgate group uh, that supports the Texas One Fund. So if you're going to the game today, uh, you can stop by this tailgate. Matt, our producer, is going to put the link, uh, the actual pin drop of where the tailgate is. You can stop by, free beer, free food. As long as you make a donation to the Texas One Fund, which is the NIL group that supports University of Texas Athletics, uh, please stop by. I know Jerry uh, is going to hang out over there for a little bit today, as well as some other people uh, as well. So please do that. Matt will put that location uh, as a pin drop in this chat. If you happen to make it out, please 
consider coming out. Uh, hey, I got to say this. Here's a here's a nice one from Doug Farrell. Okay. Uh, contributing to the Gary Hamilton Rain Poncho Fund. It's not even the Beef Jerky Fund, Jerry. Uh, hey, somebody just saw somebody on this chat just noticed where I'm at. That's funny. Um, they, know, <laughs> they know the they know the uh, Moody Center. Um, yeah, thank you very much for that, Doug. And hey, you never know. I'm heading east this week in the car. I'm going to be on practice field. So more than even Saturday, I might need it in Marrero Eret. Um, I may need it at Sarah Land, Orlando Jones, Jacksonville Schools. Going to see Solomon Williams next week. Uh, it's going to be a big week on the road. So that poncho fund, anytime you're in Florida or along I-10 on the coast, you never know when you're going to need it. Jerry, you just wear a hat. Be, be <laughs> honest. I've seen you before out there. I've, I've seen you go out in that stuff. It's going to go all towards beef jerky is what I'm saying. Hey, I was hit by the albino squirrel. I had this to say. Any chance we see Leonga LaFowle oh, yeah. tonight? Um, I want to say this. I want to say hi to his mom, Summer. Uh, she was in the co-op yesterday when we were doing the live stream. Uh, just before it, she came up and said hello. Uh, she said her and her extended family and regular family all in town this weekend to see their uh, youngest son uh, play a little football for the Longhorns. Yes, I do believe uh, that he will get some action today. I think a number of true freshmen are going to get their first extended action, Jerry. Um, they've seen some uh, in the win over Rice. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think they're going to see potentially extended action today if the Longhorns get a chance to play it. I totally agree. I, I, and I think, remember, just re think back to the Rice game. And I know it was 100,000 degrees on the field that day, and it won't be tonight. And it is game three versus game one. But think about the snap distribution in that game. If Texas gets off to a good start defensively like I expect them to, I, I, think, uh, I think we're going to see a similar snap distribution tonight. Maybe a few more uh, for some of those D-line guys. Uh, but I really think this is a great game to get some of these young guys experience as long as Texas is in control of the game uh, defensively uh, because you know they want to get Derek Williams out there more. You know they want to get Leona LaFowle. Uh, you know Malik, Malik Muhammad's playing anyways, right? You know they would like to get Anthony Hill uh, another 25, 30 snaps in this game potentially. Um, so, yeah, I, and I, expect, I also expect, look, this is a game where you see Neto more. At left guard, I think it's a good matchup for him. Experienced guys that aren't, you know, that are going to try to win at the point of attack. Not that they're not going to run some flyover defense on you. Not that they won't bring some simulated pressures. Um, but I think it's. I think they want to get Neto on the field a little more. I think they'd love to get Cam Williams out there for a series. Get these guys. Get this rotation continuing to go. Get these young guys more experienced because the reality is you got to you got to get all these guys experienced. And then you get to the quarterbacks, Bobby. I think it'll be interesting if Texas is in control of this game enough to, or you see three quarterbacks. I think that's uh, that's what's going to be very interesting for me. Uh, I'm looking at some things. Uh, on the inside Texas message boards right now, Jerry, uh, the cold front has not hit Galveston County. Apparently. No. <laughs> I was there yesterday and it has not. But I will say this. I'm looking to the west right now, and it's definitely clearing here in Austin, not to go full Jim Cantori and turn my camera every five minutes. But I can actually see some blue skies out here to the west. So that was a very strong cell that moved through. Uh, hopefully everything moved through a little quicker. Uh, but I think by university releasing Bevo, the, the update, the Bevo Boulevard's going to open at three. They have a pretty good gauge on this weather. Yeah, um, I mean, it's interesting. You can see the streets behind you that run right past uh, DKR. I think that's I can't tell if that's San, I don't think that's saying that may be saying Jack that's right behind you. I can't tell. Um, but anyways, uh, you can see the streets are wet 
right behind you. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention uh, real quick also as well, uh, on Ryan Wingo, uh, um, a, a question came in from the uh, Inside Texas message board, Jerry. It talks about two more crystal balls or RPMs for Texas today from the 24-7 mods, one from a, a guy at Orange Bloods. Uh, is the timeline moving up for Ryan Wingo, or is this something – I mean, you put a high up on the board. I mean, I don't know if that was in relation to this. We're not going to get into that, but, I mean, come on. I mean, what, what's going on here? I, that you yeah, I put in an RPM for Wingo a few days ago, and look, hey, I've never been on the December timeline with him. Um, I, I think the interesting thing within the last few weeks is it's, it's Missouri, Texas, and he's had an uh, unofficial visit scheduled to Tennessee September 30th. I've been hearing for the last week and a half, maybe he doesn't make that. The only way you don't make that visit is if you're about to decide. I mean, that's the reality. Okay, I'm down to two schools. I'm getting ready to announce my decision. And look, I, I don't think um, uh, I don't think you're going to see Wingo. I, I could be wrong. You know, I've been wrong in this business before. I don't think you're seeing a scenario where this kid puts out. If he decides it's Texas, he's going to put out some commitment tweet this weekend. He's a five-star prospect. People are going to try to get him to announce on TV, on YouTube, all those sort of things. But I think if you're Texas, you feel really good about this recruitment right now. I think you feel really good about Kobe Black. And I think you feel pretty good about Brandon Baker. He's up uh, in Nebraska right now, uh, taking in one of the best volleyball uh, programs in the country. <laughs> you're just going to not let Matt Rule live that down. All right. Hey, uh, the <laughs> One more question from the Inside Texas Message Board. We've already actually hit on it uh, this uh, this afternoon here. Uh, the team gets off the bus, you said, at 4 o'clock on Bevo Boulevard. Is that correct? 4.45. 4.45. So somebody's asking for the exact time frame. I uh, wanted to do that. So people that are there uh, have the opportunity to do so. Also, Matt, our producer, has put in uh, a pin drop uh, that you can click on, and that's where the tailgate will be for the Texas One Fund. Uh, please tell them that uh, we got we sent you guys that way, and they'll take care of you and get you signed up and everything. All right, Bobby. Before that question, uh, yes. somebody asked about Taz Williams in Austin. He is scheduled to be in Austin, the rece junior receiver out of Red Oak. Okay, perfect, perfect. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, Russell Hinkle, do y'all see any real way Wyoming can cause problems for Texas? I think Texas is just too deep and talented for Wyoming to ha to handle. Jerry, that seems to be in line with your thinking. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think I'll steal a line up for, from Bobby on this one. You know, if, if Texas puts the ball all over the floor, uh, all over the ground, wet ball, something like that, I think that's how Wyoming's in this game. I, I mean, I really do. I, I think uh, I, I think uh, if Texas comes out and plays to a level, if they play to a B plus, A minus level, I, I think Wyoming can't keep up with Texas. And, and again, to me, if if Peasley's limited today. Um, I just I have a hard time seeing how Wyoming moves. And I was having a hard time seeing it before. I really have a hard time seeing how Wyoming moves the ball if Peasley's if that quarterback run game's limited or if he doesn't play by chance, which I'm not saying he's not. We'll see. But I, we know he's not 100 percent and they have a long season in front of him. They do have a long season in front of him. I, look, I, I went back and looked at his his uh, attempts. You know, he's 29 to 50 for the year. Um, he's he's relatively safe with the ball. I think he has one interception. Uh, the, the the thing that I would say is this: it's it's if their defense causes turnovers deep in Texas yeah. territory. Yeah. Um, if you know those sorts of things are the things that I would look for for them really playing a role. I mean, people have asked what our our game prediction was. Jerry, mine was somewhere like 35-13, 41-13, and that kind of encapsulate that twenty eight point 
spread that that Vegas had. What what did you come up with? I said 38 9, um, okay. just because I was thinking weather, uh, you know, could be a little bit of a factor. Um, and I'm thinking I'm thinking a touchdown late, kind of like her ice or three field goals or um, you know, something like that. But uh look, if if Texas plays a crisp game offensively, I, I could see I mean, I could see him scoring 45. Well, but I, this, this I just, is interesting. We're gonna see because Wyoming has an adult defense. We talked about it all week. Right. 30, a group of guys that their youngest player is a redshirt sophomore, and they start, I think, eight guys that are at least redshirt juniors or nine guys are redshirt juniors or above, some grad transfers, et cetera. They've got an adult defense, and they are not going to make silly mistakes, most likely. They could be out-talented, Russell. Correct. Uh, to your point. And that's that's really what uh, – to let's com- combine that with this question because I think it's a, a part of the game that we didn't talk enough about probably leading up to this weekend's game, Jerry, and that's the Wyoming special teams. Uh, Texas 210, I guess he's from San Antonio. I think it'll be a big night for Texas in the special teams uh, department. I think that Texas could do well uh, in the return game, uh, perhaps go after a punt. We could see all of those things, although I do believe Craig Bowles' team is traditionally very buttoned up in that regard. They do have a kicker Yes, it's hit 250 plus so far this year, and he's three of three and made all eight extra points. Yeah. Uh, the only question I have, and Jerry, I know you're going to bring this up, and so I'm going to cut to it. He's also been kicking in that Wyoming altitude. There you go. Uh, not in the mugginess that there we saw go. in Austin or that we felt in Austin uh, earlier today. So will that ball still carry? It's kind of like you said, Ryan Sanborn, Sanborn can go from a 42-yard a punt clip uh, kick punter on the on the west coast of uh, muggy weather of or marine layer or whatever you want to call it in Palo Alto and then comes to Texas and all of a sudden he's booting it three yards longer right yeah no doubt no doubt and I think that'll be the thing and you also have look a, a, a elite kicker kicking on a wet field I mean it's still the sport turf it's not like there's going to be puddling water but your foot still you do worry about that more with a little slick field um, so. That is that combined with not being in the altitude, we'll see. But I think I, I really think that's their. Uh, somebody saying Jordan Travis is back. That's really good news for FSU. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Um, that is great. Hey, Matt, our producer, I think he's elated. Matt's a, Matt's a Florida State fan, uh, and so he is excited about that. Hey, um, Jerry, I wanted to go, go here with this one. Uh, Texas has not really got any one running back going this year, although I really did feel like Jonathan Brooks was going in that fourth quarter um, when he got some carries uh, and, and, and the like. RBs like and do their best work from Steve O'Matic. 
when they can get into a rhythm? Should Sark settle on a primary ball carrier to unlock the running game, Baxter's injury aside? Doesn't Baxter's injury and, and Jonathan Brooks' injury history kind of play into that factor where Sark wants to kind of let's let's uh let I'm not so concerned about doing that this year and right now. What do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think the the key here is to get Brooks healthy, to keep Brooks healthy for Big 12 play next week on the road in Baylor. I think you're going to see um I think you're going to see good rotation there, healthy rotation. I still think Jaden Blue, Keelan Robinson are better space players and they are running between the tackles obviously. I think you could see some Savion Red in some situations here. He did great work on scout team. Uh, he's, he's making his way back there. Um, but look, I, I think that here's the thing more than, and I go back to this, Texas ran the ball for more yards last week against Alabama than they did last year against Alabama with Roshan and Bijan. So they ran the ball for more yards last week in Tuscaloosa. I mean, so there's something there. Uh, offensive line continues to get better. I like that Sark uses these guys to their strengths. And, and I don't care what the stats look like. I want them to use, uh, continue to use those guys to their strengths. And I do think the Baxter injury has been unfortunate because I, he's the one guy that has the cutback vision with the size uh, to, to, to exploit that and make big chunk yards uh, without being a jet, but just a really talented, instinctive running back with great vision. Uh, so but I think he was going for 100 plus. So getting into a rhythm. I don't think Baxter's been healthy enough. I think he was on his way to get into a rhythm against Rice um, pretty pretty early in that game, at, you know, when he had that 32-yard run, then he fell on that right shoulder. He didn't fall on the ball. He fell on his right shoulder. Uh, but I, I think I like that Tex, I like that Sarch using these guys to their strengths. That, that's what I really like. And, and I think Jonathan Brooks will have a good game tonight because I think the Texas offensive line's gaining confidence. Cole Hudson's back. That gives a better, firmer rotation early this season. And Cole's been very physical. DJ Campbell's been extremely physical. Kelvin Banks, Christian Jones is playing his best football as a Longhorn, um, in my estimation. Um, so I, I think I think that running game is going to be just fine moving forward. The uh, the one thing I would say about the run game too uh, is this: uh, you mentioned um, him using them in the ways that they work best. Uh, I, I agree with that, uh, but you can't make Jaden Blue always come in and run a bubble screen yeah. to the outside. Right. The, the People will catch on to that over time. So that's something to watch for as we go forward. They're going to start doing some different things. And, and, and they were Robinson. You can't run him outside every time he gets, comes in the game. No. no. And, and you know what? They gave blue one, they gave blue one carry against Bama, but that's where Jaden as a young running back, he tried to stop, start yep. back up. You can't do that against Alabama. That's why I think he's very effective in games like rice, maybe Wyoming tonight. Because his athleticism, it, it, it carries over a little bit more. It, you know, you you have to be decisive against Alabama. You're going to have to be decisive in some of these games in the Big 12. Those guys that dance will have success against Rice and probably here tonight uh, to a certain extent. But it, it's a little different running the ball between the tackles. Gotcha. Hey, um, I, we're getting a lot of questions about uh, the tailgates and stuff, and, and have people have asked. Uh, Heoli Frioli boy taking my buddy to the, his first Texas game. Which tailgate should we check out? We're involved with one uh, that uh, is over uh, on the LBJ lawn. Matt, our producer, has put the link, uh, the pin drop, into this chat. Now, I will say this it's uh, sponsored in part by the Texas One Fund. 
and we're doing it in conjunction with them uh, to help raise funds for Texas NIL efforts. So if you go, it is highly high. We can't mandate that people donate to the Texas NIL, well, the Texas One Fund, but it is highly recommended that you do that in order to get free beer and some food. So <laughs> that, that's what, that's where we would tell you to go. Uh, yeah. you'll, hey, Holy. All right. Hey, a couple other questions coming in here. Uh, Jerry, do you, we see Arch Manning today? Uh, he's asking me, and I, I think it's time that we see number 16. Uh, it may not be super early, but I think he's probably going to get to see the field. Yeah. I, if things go well, you'll know things have gone to Sark's plan. If Arts gets on the field today, Brian Edwards asked if I am I entering a witness protection program. No, <laughs> I, I was going to do this live stream outside like normal. The weather took me out of that, and so I've had to scramble to find a place. I wanted to give you guys a view better than my face, so I hope I've succeeded with that. <laughs> I will say the view is prettier than your face, Jerry. No yes. offense. All right, here we go. Hey, uh, David Purcell, is it true that Bobby has his own private jet? Yes, it's called Southwest Airlines. That's 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 mine, buddy. Uh, all right, uh, Joel McWaters preaches sometimes. How much does Sark add to what he's already shown this season in this game? Does he show less new stuff knowing he isn't playing a juggernaut? I think so, unless they try to hey, – look, I will say this. Wyoming's going to gang up to stop the run, Jerry, yes. period. They're going to make Texas throw. If they get thrown over the top of, then they'll play damage control later, right? But they're going to come out and try to stop the run and see if Quinn Ewers throws a pick. They can jar loose a fumble on a sack, something like that. Sark may have something halfback pass or, you know, throwback like he did against Alabama uh, with uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, those sorts of things. But I don't think he's going to empty the playbook against Wyoming. Yeah, I think I think interesting thing is, um, you know, the, the the old question, do you and I'm not being I mean, obviously you play vanilla, but I think you're past that point. I think Rice was your vanilla game. Here's the thing is, do you show some things you want on tape this week or do you not? I, I, I tend to think he's going to show a couple of things he wants on tape for the Big 12 coaches. I think we're at that point in the season. We're not just going out and playing vanilla football because we're better um, in, in their estimation. I, I think they want to put some things on tape. Look, they haven't gone after a punt yet because they hadn't had to. Just think about that. They didn't have to go after a punt in Alabama. They, were, they felt like they were in control of that game. I think you're going to see them go after a punt tonight, is my guess. Uh, I, I just think it's time. I, I think right before Big 12 play, I think you're going to see Texas come after one tonight. Yeah, I, I think it could be. I think they're, they're looking to make a play that affects the game in special teams. Yes. Um, because I will say that what can happen when you do out-talent a team is it typically shows up more on special teams than any other position or any other grouping, right? Um, unless you're just overwhelmed. Uh, so, hey, that, that's what happens. Hey, this one comes in, and it's a good question from Miles Gage. Uh, I'm wondering what's up with Jalen Gilbo. I know Jade Bay is balling, but Gilbo was balling as a freshman. You know, Jalen's getting over a, a, a bum knee. I mean, he, he tore an ACL last year, Jerry. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think he had ACL, but I think he had, men he had a meniscus, right? Uh, but Oh, I'm sorry. But, yeah, but he was wearing, he was wearing a brace early in fall camp. <clears throat> Sark mentioned him playing really well. I think you'll see him more. Austin Jordan's also played well. I mean, that's the thing. There's real competition. Ohio. Ooh, ooh. Um, that's tough. I mean, Matt Campbell's an Ohio guy now. I mean, uh, um, state of Ohio guy. Um, but um, 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I think you're going to see these guys play more. I think Gilbo had a good fall camp. Um, I think Justin Jordan had a good fall camp. Sarkeesian's mentioned those guys multiple times by name during fall camp. He talked about the depth at that position. Jelani McDonald's fourth string at star and has a very bright future. Um, so I, I think that's the thing is that you're going to see that's more of that snap count similar to Rice tonight, and you're going to see all these guys have a chance to make plays as long as the defensive front dominates. Got it. Um, somebody's asking if we know anything about the backup quarterback at Wyoming. I, I personally don't. Do you, Jerry? I, I, mean, I, 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 make sure I know the third string is Keaton Anderson, who's from South Lake Carroll, who was the uh, came started at South Lake after Quinn uh, graduated or left early. Got it. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get to a couple more questions. I want to remind people we have the watch with us with Eric Hogan. That's going to start around 645 tonight. Uh, then we have also the post-game show. Myself and Rod will be coming in. Hopefully, Gerald will be able to uh, join us as well. Uh, that'll start immediately following the game. Literally, we we fired up right when the final gun or the final cannon uh, sounds if we're in DKR. Uh, also, uh, be, be on the lookout for shows tomorrow. Uh, we've got plenty of stuff coming up. We, we grade the horns each and every Sunday. We have a rapid reactions, Justin Wells and myself. myself. Uh, we're also going to do a big play segment uh, tomorrow, uh, too. And then if you are not already a subscriber to Inside Texas, please consider a subscription to Inside Texas. Uh, right now we have a special going on for Inside Texas. It's uh, $1 for two months. It's $1 for two months of Inside Texas. Promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. Uh, more, already more than a couple of hundred folks have already taken us up on this. Uh, so please consider doing so uh, if you get a chance. Uh, again, you have to select the monthly offer on this. And Jerry has now changed his background, so we're going to be able to see his face. Uh, this is. is the other way. You can actually see the you can actually see DKR in the the reflection on the, on the glass. It looks like the Longhorns uh, maybe practicing a little basketball in the Moody today, Jerry. Yeah, the guys are in there just shooting around, getting a little workout in. So I figured I'd change change it up a little bit. So for those that haven't seen inside of Moody, there you go. Um, just a little different look here because can't see much behind with the weather. So I figured I'd change it up for the last few minutes. Got it. Fair enough. All right. Uh, hey, Jerry, this is a good one from Rick Ambergay. Uh, does Hudson get some time at center today if Texas gets out in front? Good question. That's a great question. Or Connor Robertson. Uh, you know, I think I think one of those two guys definitely will um, get some time today. I think it, I, I would put it out of the question. Both of those guys that take snaps or uh, fire off some snaps today. I think – Ideally, that's what the Sark and these guys want to get out of this game. But at the same time, I think Cole and DJ is a really good combo at right guard right now. Uh, I, I, the thing I'm looking forward to tonight, I would love to see Cole get some snaps at center. I'd love to see Neto get more snaps at, uh, uh, at left guard. And I would love to see Cam Williams get some snaps at right tackle. Hey, Jerry, recruiting question for you. And I think this is a good one because we talk about expectations yeah. these days in recruiting because – it's one thing to get a commitment. It's another for the commitment to go public. We saw that over time a number of times this summer that we knew some guys had committed to Texas, but we had to remain uh, silent about that. Um, too broke to pay attention. Ask over and under two commitments coming out of this weekend after we win tonight. Well, I mean, the thing I always say is, could a couple of guys commit to Sark and the staff? Potentially, yes. Um, but the thing about it is, is these guys are all in their own lane. They all have their own timelines. They're going to announce their decision when they want to. 
Um, and, and, you know, people expecting these guys to come out and commit this weekend, commit Monday. That that just uh, – there you go. Um, th- that just rarely uh, occurs nowadays for a highly ranked kid. They want to have their moment. They want to have uh, their announcement. So we'll see. Could Sark and them get a couple of guys say yes? Not out of the question. But here's the other thing. I think Texas is really taking their time. They've just started the evaluation process. High school season is just in week four with the 2025s. While DK Moore, some of those top guys will be here tonight and some of the guys they really like, this staff's really evaluating this class right now. That I think Bobby and myself can tell you. In October 13th, that off week where this staff disperses around the country to go watch some of these top guys, that week they're on the road recruiting is going to be very telling, I believe, on some thoughts on 25s on tape. The first half of the season, uh, like I, I, obviously A.J. Milway will be out to watch K.J. Lacey as expected, the quarterback commitment in 2025. Um, but I, I think that's the thing to remember is these kids are in their own lane. The highly ranked guys, they're pushed to have announcement on TV, on YouTube and all those things, and they want to have those announcements. So it, people are expecting these kids to just drop a commitment this weekend. That's more unlikely nowadays. Um, getting a question on the Inside Texas Message Board. Uh which QB comes in if uh, Malik are after Quinn Ewers? It's Malik right now. He is the backup, correct? Yeah. Uh, somebody's just saying Will Howard's limping right now. Uh, oh, wow. That, now that would change the complexion of any Big 12 race. Yeah. The, the Mizzou quarterback got injured right before half as well. Yeah. Um, and by the way, uh, people are still asking about Micah Hudson. Texas wants Ryan Wingo, guys. I mean, they want Ryan Wingo's been number one on the board for a while. Got it. Uh, hey, Jerry, let's talk to Maddie. Mostly ice sports talk here. Hey, he's got a question I think that uh, is uh, uh, good. Let, why is it not pulling up for me? Let's see here. Sorry, Maddie, yeah. I having a problem with the, the thing. Here, here it is. Mostly ice. Jerry, what makes this team different in comparison to Strong or Herman and who had let down games in years past? I, I, think, uh, I think a few things. One, I think this team's more talented. I agree. You know, and more talented to start. And the more talented – and here's the thing when I say more talented, guys. I think maybe the best thing Sark's done, there's two things that stand out right now. Um, I'm a rec- obviously a talk recruiting first. The recruiting strategy I think has been awesome, that they recruit through the whistle, they stay on their top targets. But two, um, it's player development, but he's brought more playmakers to this program. And if you have more playmakers, those down games get fewer and fewer – because you just have guys that are out there making plays. I mean, yes, coaching matters. Yes, X's and O's matter. Yes, the game plan, the strategy, um, uh, the everything matters in that regard. But the more guys you have on a field that can make plays, the more those conversations tend to go away. Because you could be in a little bit of a lull, and you A.D. Mitchell makes a big play down the sidelines, right? Xavier Worthy catches a short pass and makes three people miss and gets 40, and suddenly you're energized. Um, Jalen Ford makes an interception. Jalen Catalan, I mean, Ethan Burke causes a strip fumble and a scoop and score. I mean, the more playmakers you have, Bobby, the less of those kind of down games you have. I mean, it's like when – I look, when Texas had – to be clear, when Texas had – uh, uh, not only, uh, I think Bobby's sticking a little bit there. Um, we'll, we'll wait to get him back. Uh, Jose 
Rodriguez, I know it's a few weeks away, but what can we expect as far as visitors for the OU game? Uh, Texas is the host. I think that visitor list is going to be off the charts for Texas OU. Um, every Dallas kid that doesn't have a game on Saturday that can get there will be there. I think you'll see some kids from Louisiana there. Um, I, I think you're going to see a healthy visitors list, uh, especially in 25s um, at that game for Texas OU. Um, still have some Georgia Southern tied with Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, here's maybe a question. Who would you take over Moore Williams over Wingo? Oh, boy, that's putting me on the spot there now. Um, I think Ryan Williams is really special after the catch. I, I think he's about as good after the catch, the 6'1 kid that's going to be 185, 190 pounds one day that I, I've seen in a few years. I think he's spectacular after the catch. I think DeCorian Moore – and Ryan Williams move with a smoothness, a freedom physically, have initial burst, second gear, third gear, fourth gear. Then they can gear down and create massive separation for young receivers naturally. I think those guys are just a cut above uh, guys in the in, in the country in any class. And I think where Ryan Wingo is really good is some of that A.D. Mitchell stuff. I mean, he's a big physical guy. He's almost 6'2". He's going to carry about 210 pounds in college. But he can absolutely go win 50-50 balls. He can create separation. He can get vertical. He can play against attached coverage, play through that physically. He can play in traffic. I think those are going to be his strengths as a wide out. Um, I think he's a very good athlete. But the thing to remember with Ryan Williams, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's going to run 10-5 this spring. DeCorian Morris has sprinter speed. So you get guys that move that smooth with ball in hand, but then also have that vertical speed. They're just cut a little different. Corey Gibson at Texas OU. We shall see on that. We shall see if he's at uh, Texas OU. Um, I think uh, Corey Gibson, I'll be surprised if he's not at a Texas game this year. That I'll say, guys. I think uh, he really likes Clemson. He committed to Clemson. Uh, all the reasons he stand, committed there still stand. I think Terry Joseph's done a good job staying in communication with him. There's a few other schools, but um, it's like Ty Anthony Smith and I reported that USC's not really in the mix. LSU, Oklahoma, Baylor, those TC are still trying on Ty Anthony Smith, but the, my source said Ty Anthony Smith's still going to be a versus Texas. I think Corey and Gibson, some other schools will try. It's still Clemson, Texas um, with Corey and Gibson, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, do you think Jimbo has way more heat because Texas is crushing it yet right now? Absolutely. Well, if you lose. If you're winning, then it doesn't matter. But, yes, him losing uh, to, to Miami last week, Texas winning at Alabama. Um, Texas now has the momentum recruiting in the state, even though AM has a high-ranked class right now. Sark's playing the long game. By the way, really clearing off uh, pretty nicely at the stadium. I may change my view again in a second. Um, but, yeah, I think it's absolutely – it's adding more pressure to the Texas A&M alums, Bobby. No, no doubt. And they can handle it. You know, it's very interesting, guys, when uh, Jimbo Fisher and Paul Feinbaum came on the show earlier this week. Uh, it was very interesting. He said, look, AM can handle it being down when Texas is down. And he's right. But when Texas is up, they can't necessarily handle it. Yeah. Uh, right. I apologize, by the way, uh, for that uh, technical mess up. Uh, we had a power surge here. And that, uh, that caused me to go dark. Uh, Jerry, I don't know if you got to this one. But one of the things we talked about on Friday, uh, as you change your look back to the DKR background, is People this. saw enough of me. They need to see the good stuff. Uh, I, I got gotcha. you. Is this from Dean Carpenter. 
I want to see us convert some third and shorts with the run game. We really need to practice this to be effective in Big 12 play. I would agree with Dean here. Um, we, we talked about things we wanted to see. I said consistency from Quinn Ewers yesterday. You said a physical offensive line play. I tell you what, both of those things would help convert more third and shorts because it would keep the other opposing defense honest, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll tell I want to bring up something that uh, Brian Irwin, Coach Irwin, said Friday morning when Bobby was in the air on his way to Austin, and I thought was a great point. After the Jaron Thompson inter- interception, it's first and goal on what the five, six yard line, Bobby. After a quick sudden change, Texas didn't take two or three runs to get it into the end zone. They scored immediately. And normally against a defense like Alabama, it takes a couple three runs from six yards to get in. Uh, I think you're seeing this offensive line start to blossom in that regard a little bit. I think you saw it running out the clock to beat Alabama. Um, so I think you're seeing I think you're seeing an offensive line continue to grow up right now. And I think the main thing is the th- third and shorts in the run game. Look, if you go back to Rice, Bobby, they just weren't as physical as they needed to be up front. You had a tight end, maybe a wide receiver, missed a couple of blocks on key fourth and shorts. It's not always just the offensive line. Uh, but I think that that offensive line did not come out and play to the level physic of physically like expected against Rice. I actually think this offensive line's growing in confidence right now, uh, and I think Cole Hudson's been a physical player, uh, obviously, when he came back. I think you're going to see this Texas team. You're going to get more of those third uh, and short runs if you're the most physical team on the field. You saw it late in the Alabama game, and I think you're going to see it today. Uh, boy, I, I tell you what, Matt Campbell may, in, may be in trouble in Ames, uh, not or actually in Athens, Ohio, which is where they're playing today. Somebody uh, said the Big 12 comment, the Big 12 looks awful. They do look awful right now. Yeah, not looking good. Baylor, uh, Baylor, it was 16-7 to 7 at half against the vaunted, I don't even know their nickname, Donald. Long Island University team. I mean, I don't even know their nickname. That's, that's not good, guys. Um, when you're when you're not really dominating a team like that, hey uh, Jerry, you mentioned Cam Williams about ten minutes ago or so here, and we haven't really heard much of the big sophomore from Duncanville of late, probably because he hasn't gotten much playing time with the emergence not only of Kelvin Banks but Christian Jones having a, such a good year, and then obviously not really wanting to go away from that duo during a big matchup like Alabama. What are you hearing on Cam Williams behind the scenes? Well, one thing was he he had a little sickness in the in fall camp. He missed a little. He missed a few days in the ice teas. It's actually the sharks. That's pretty funny. Um, I didn't know what Long Island was. I get you know. I, I, um, but I think Cam had a little sickness um, in the in fall camp, and that kept him out a few days. Um, but I, I think also you know, look, he's a guy who you know we talked about Dre Bledsoe coming out pretty raw as a prospect. Cam Williams was pretty raw as a prospect too, with high upside. Uh, so I think these guys are going through that process. I mean, for Cam Williams, it's staying square. It's hand placement. It's consistency with all that. And here's the thing, too. They're working him at right tackle and left tackle. They're trying to prep him for both sides. I think he works at left tackle on maybe Wednesdays and right tackle the rest of the practice week. Um, then Trevor Gooseby gets a lot of those twos at left tackle during the week. Um, but I think that's the thing. They're trying to prepare him. To compete and take over, we'll see if Brandon Baker goes to Texas. There'll be competition at right tackle. We'll see what Brandon Baker does next Sunday on the 24th. But I think they're preparing Cam Williams uh, for both tackle spots. He is the number three tackle if somebody goes down. Uh, but I think, you know, he was set back a little bit in fall camp. But he's always going to battle. He's still not 
physically, he looks unbelievable. He's a large human, but he's still not where they ideally want him to be. He's working to get there. All right. Speaking with Jerry Hamilton of InsideTexas.com and on three, uh, as well as on Texas football, uh, we're doing a little pregame action here. Uh, the Longhorns set to take on the Wyoming Cowboys 2-0 uh, tonight at 7 p.m. at DKR. Uh, we mentioned earlier that if you're out and about in Austin today and want to go to the game, make sure you stop by the tailgate that the, the uh, that Inside Texas and on Texas football is helping put on, along with the guys from Surly Horns and Burn-Ins and the Texas One Fund. Uh, it's over on the lawn, uh, the LBJ lawn. Make sure Matt, our producer, has put the, the uh, pin drop into this chat. So in case you go out, make sure you check out for a small donation. Uh, we want to get people donating to the Texas One Fund. All you have to do, you get free beer and free food. Can't get better than that. I think the food's being uh, donated by Grant Pinkerton of Pinkerton's Barbecue. If you've had his barbecue before, it's absolutely delicious. Uh, we also have a uh, Longhorn donating the alcohol as well. It's a big distributor. Uh, we appreciate them. Uh, and I uh, want to mention Flight by Yingling is one of our game day sponsors as well. The next generation of light beer. Uh, after this, Jerry, we're going to get going here in about yep. three to five minutes. Yeah, so I got to get rolling there. Uh, and then also, I want to say this, uh, we have our watch with us today that starts around 645. And then right after the game, Rod Babers and I, and hopefully Jerry, uh, able to join us. Uh, Jerry, hey, Bob, Bobby Sam has a good one. He said, UFC is good, not Solon Oak State. But U.S. John Reese Plumlee's now out for a while. So Ooh. we'll see. They lost. A, uh, that was reported. He's out. I'm not sure an exact timetable has been set for his return. That's a big loss because he he's a perfect fit for Malzahn's offense and an experienced player quarterback. I, I, I want to go to this one, too. Uh, who's a dark horse to contend with Texas and Kansas State in the Big 12? Because I think those are the two teams right now. Uh, I don't think Oklahoma could be considered a, quote, unquote, dark horse. No. Mine is Kansas. It, it remains the Jayhawks. I know somebody's going to get them because they don't have a great defense. But, man, their offense can score points. And, and look, the key to getting them was in the last in, in the last couple of years is getting them the last half of the season after injuries kind of take some toll. But I'll tell you what, Kansas has a good secondary too. I was impressed with their guys in the secondary. Um, so I, yeah, I, UCF is interesting to me if Plumlee's healthy because they have a lot of high level transfers on the defensive line, linebacker on that team. They have enough guys that were legit Power Five players in their program right now with a quarterback that fits Malzahn's scheme, but we'll have to see when Plumlee comes back. All right, uh, Longhorns uh, taking on Andrew Peasley and the Wyoming Cowboys. Peasley on the year 29 of 50, Jerry. Uh, he's a ball possession quarterback. Uh, they've got uh, a running back that's got over 100 yards. Uh, they're supposed to be getting back a running back from last year for this game. We'll see if he really plays their leading receiver is their tight end, uh, John Michael Gillenborg. Uh, the two leading tacklers are both linebackers, Shea Sinanoa uh, and Easton Gibbs. Uh, that's going to do it uh, for this pregame talk with Jerry Hamilton and Bobby Burton of On Texas Football and Inside Texas. Uh, guys, go to the tailgate. Enjoy yourself today. Sit back and watch a little football. Have some fun. Visit with friends. Weather's weather's You can't tell, but the weather's starting to clear out. I think everything's moved north and east. Um, so I, I, weather looks really good back to the west right now and south. Guys, you guys go have fun. Let's enjoy today, and good luck to the Longhorns. Hook them.